The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Prize Picks. Are you tired of the grind trying to win on salary cap DFS, spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap. With prize picks, it's just you versus the projections. They're also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries, which is great this time of year because on Thursday night, you can go under Jared Goff with the LA Rams and bet Braves baseball, right? Make a play on Ronald Acuna. And the over prize picks really is daily fantasy simplified. Here are the offer details. Go to myprizepicks.com slash info or download the prize picks app wherever you get your apps. Use the promo code PNP. That's the letter P, the letter N, the letter P. New members who sign up get a free two pick entry to win 25 bucks and they will match your first deposit 25%. Download the prize picks app. Use the promo code PNP and you can play Prize Picks DFS for NFL, college football, Major League Baseball playoffs. It is simply the best. Again, that's Prize Picks app, promo code PNP for a free two pick entry to win $25. They will match your first deposit 25% and follow them on social media at Prize Picks. Follow us at Punt and Pass. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler, 13, and it is time for week six. I cannot believe how fast this season is going, Aaron. And we have some good games this week, and let's jump right into it. A great SEC on CBS game at 3.30, a pretty decent Big Ten game at noon, even though those usually fall short of excitement, and then a couple of other games that we will definitely keep our eyes on. Anything you want to discuss before we talk and predict these games, or do you just want to roll right into it? I just want to know, I I sent you the video of the Tennessee player and the rest, and and, um, so I saw another headline. So if you go watch the video, if you haven't seen the video, then I see see a headline from Jeremy Pruitt. Why do you have to arrest him just because he has a warrant? (laughs) Trying to come... 
to the defense of his player after this video dropped of him just going off on the cops and uh, just, yeah, it's not a good look for a program that's, that's struggling mightily and uh, not, not a good look for Jeremy Pruitt at all with that comment. I don't think. Yeah. Jeremy Banks linebacker for Tennessee um, gets arrested. I think was it last night or two nights ago? It was maybe this weekend. Tennessee was off. Um, sorry, it was arrested on Tennessee's campus in September, pulled over on September 15th for making a U-turn. He didn't have his driver's license on him because it had been suspended, and there was also a warrant out for his arrest for failing to appear in court for a citation. So he gets arrested in the back of the cop car. He is talking to these cops probably the worst possible way you could. Tons of profanity. Tells the woman police officer that where he's from, quote, they shoot at cops, unquote, and a lot of other stuff, right? Ma'am, quote, you don't want to be an intern because where I'm from, we shoot at cops. I'm from Memphis. Um, the video is absolutely unbelievable. My favorite part of the video, though, is when the <laughs> cops are pulling away. <laughs> they <laughs> turn awesome. their radio on, and they just start blasting country music, and the kid's like, man, turn this bullshit off. It's so... <laughs> Funny, and then he's asking, "Do you have any young boy? Can you play young boy?" I mean, really, a good move by the police officers. But the bigger story here—I mean, kids get arrested all the time. The bigger story, like you just mentioned, Aaron Pruitt calls the cops, and there's a transcript of the phone call, and he is telling the cops, "I quote, I still don't understand this." Pruitt said, "The kid don't have nobody at home to help him, like figure out how to do this, and he came to ask how to do this." you know, making up excuses, and he says, I'm confused why he had done this. Here's the Pruitt quote that's going to get him in trouble. And he's in trouble because they're one and three and playing terrible football. Seems like he's lost all control of the program. Quote, this is the silliest shit I've ever seen in my life. I got it. I understand. I worked at four places, and they never had no crap like this except for here because the people usually say, hey, something's not right here. And then he said, go ahead and do your civic duty. So... Jeremy Pruitt, um, you probably should have been smart enough to know that that phone call with police would have been transcribed and put on the record. Just not a smart thing to say from a head coach. Look, the kid didn't show up in court. He didn't pay a ticket. His license was suspended. He made an illegal U-turn. You should get pulled over. And when you do get pulled over, just listen to the police officers. My goodness. I mean, don't say anything, man. Do not. I just I don't get people nowadays in general. It's just you know everywhere you go, there's going to be a camera. Yes, there's going to be a video taken. Just shut your mouth, man. Don't say anything. And, how many? And that's, I, how, I don't know how many more examples we need of people getting in trouble like this for people to finally get it through their heads that anything you say is going to be out on Twitter and Instagram within 20 minutes. So best left unsaid. How many times when we were in school, and I know the the social media landscape was a bit different, did Coach Richt and Georgia bring in the police chief of the university and of athens Clark County to talk to us to describe and, and, and tell us how to deal with police officers when we're pulled over? Every year, multiple yeah. times a year. Hey, guys, if you were pulled over and you don't think you did anything wrong – have a conversation, be respectful, be polite, talk your story through. Don't just say, man, where I'm from, we shoot at cops, you're a bitch, X, Y, Z. 
play rap music. I mean, this kid took it to the far extreme. But what I'm saying is every single school, and I'm sure Tennessee did as well, they do programs and they bring in police chiefs and police officers to tell kids how to deal with these specific situations. It's just sad because you hate to see it. And it's even more sad that Pruitt's trying to stump for his player. And I get it. I mean, he wants to stick up for his guy who had so many things going against him and then says this is the silliest shit he's ever seen in his life. Just a bit outrageous if you ask me, but hard times in Knoxville, and it could get harder this weekend. We will discuss Georgia heading up to Neyland Stadium to take on the Volunteers in a little bit. But let's start with the biggest game of the weekend, I think, and I think it might be the best game. Aaron, you think it could be otherwise, I believe. I'm talking about number 7, Auburn, heading down to the Swamp to take on number 10, Florida, Auburn is a three-point road favorite. The total is 47.5. Again, this one is on CBS at 3.30. The biggest story here, Auburn probably has the most, the biggest volume of premier wins so far in this young 2019 season. They, of course, beat Oregon in that neutral site kickoff game, then went to College Station, a game that you worked, Aaron, and took care of Texas A&M. Even though I don't think Texas A&M is as good as people maybe thought they would have been, they're probably more primed for a better 2020. But Florida, again, they're undefeated. They're a top 10 team. Felipe Franks is out. The defense is ranked at the top of most every statistic in the nation. The biggest matchup here is going to be that Auburn front four against Florida's putrid offensive line. Yeah, that's that's if you want to watch anything during this football game, that's all you need to watch right there is can Florida's offensive line find a way to, to block and not just the pass game, but the run game. They, they've been, they've not been very good. They've been okay when it comes to pass protection, but running the ball, it, it's just been non-existent. So for Dan Mullen, it's going to be almost trying to take a, a page out of Gus Malzahn's playbook here of how can we be creative calling plays to be able to get the run game established. And that's with jet sweeps. That's with counters. That's with screens. That's with bubble passes to receivers on the outside, which are essentially a running play because you're just throwing it to the guy on a little bubble in the backfield and letting him go out there and try to make someone miss in the open field. Those are the things that can slow defense down, get their eyes looking in different directions. Because if you want to line up and just run power and run zone at this defensive line, this front seven, I don't think this offensive line is going to be able to move anyone to create any kind of running lanes for the running back. So, so they've got he's to get a, to the perimeter. They got to get to the perimeter, and I, th- I think they have to use some eye candy. They have to use the jet sweeps. They got to put Emery in there at some point in certain packages to get those guys to kind of think a little bit, have to communicate a little bit more on the defensive side of the football. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding for this Florida offense. Luckily, they're at home. Hopefully, the defense can pick it up. And I think another key for this game can Florida create some turnovers? We know Whitlow's had some issues following the football. In his career, they got to cause some turnovers. They got to cause some confusion for Bo Nix. But right now, looking at this game, and it's a three-point spread, I'm taking Auburn. I'm taking Auburn with the points. I just don't see Florida being able to score. Um, And I like Kyle Trask. I think Kyle Kyle Trask has done a great job, but he has not faced a defense like this. He hasn't faced a defensive line that's going to be in his face, that's going to give him pressure, that's going to knock him down a little bit, that's going to play tight coverage on the outside. And uh, like I've said it for the past couple of weeks, this is the best defense in all of college football. Definitely the best defense in the SEC. They're going to give this Florida offense all they can handle. So I like Auburn the way they're heading. I like the way they progress offensively. 
Uh, I think they do enough on that side of the football to win this football game. Do you think we see Emory Jones in the first quarter of this football game for Florida? I would. I just you got to mix it up. You got to mix it up. You you have to keep this. I mean, like I said, look at Auburn and what they're doing right now and, and how they got that offense rolling. It was with all this creative stuff through Gus Malzahn running the football to help set up the pass, to help uh, Bo Nix feel a little bit more comfortable in the pocket, to get some one-on-one matchups on the outside. Because like I said, if you're going to just think you can run the traditional way, Auburn can stop you with just six guys in the box. Yeah. I and mean, then they can play too high and, and really go and, and protect themselves against the pass as well. You need to get that seventh guy in the box, create those one-on-one matchups on the outside, and then take advantage of it that way. So you just expect Auburn to come out too high, man, and then get let the front four just get after Kyle Trask and get the ball out of his hands quick to create some havoc. Well, yeah, because they don't they don't need based on the way Florida offense lines been 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 and, and the run pro they don't need to put a seventh guy in there no. against the run they really don't they they can win man on man with just six guys in the box that's why Florida needs to mix it up to to be able to create uh, some confusion to get a seventh guy in the box. I agree with you. I think Auburn rolls here. I think this game goes under the 47.5 total because I don't see Florida putting many points on the board at all. And if Emory Jones gets in the game early and they make him uncomfortable and then you put Kyle Trask back in, then you get down, then you put Emory Jones back in, and the offense loses confidence, and Auburn just keeps hunting. I could see this game 21-24-10. to 24, 10. Auburn. I am laying the three points here. I think Auburn wins. They pick up another big-time road victory. I mean, these are three big-time victories away from home. Oregon neutral at Texas A&M, at Florida, and then they got to enter into the SEC West gauntlet. Man, Auburn has an unbelievably tough schedule this year, but if you have a run game and a defense— That will play every Saturday. Gus Malzahn seems to be back in the swing of things as the play caller. Lay the three. Go under here. I might get in on a lock of the week also because Aaron, you are on a little bit of a skid. You're three. I know. Why don't we give? Why don't you? I'm going to move it over to you this week. I need. I'm going to take a break. Okay. I'm going to organize my life, okay. and I'm going to let you give me the uh, the lock of the week. Drew here. Butler's flip the field special is under 47 and a half. Auburn, Florida. Shout out my guy Tony Morelli for the idea of my lock of the week, the flip the field special. Under 47 and a half, lay the three with Auburn also. All right, Iowa is taking on Michigan. This is the big noon kickoff game on Fox. Number 14, Iowa Hawkeyes. Going to the big house to take on the number 19-ranked Michigan Wolverines. This really surprised me. The line opened at Michigan minus 5.5. It's already been bet down to Michigan minus 3.5. The total is 46.5. For the life of me, I cannot figure out why Michigan is favored in this game. They have not played well in a big game in the Jim Harbaugh era. And I think Iowa has tons to prove because, Aaron, you and I talked about it on Monday. This is the typical Iowa stretch of the season where you're looking at the top 25 and you go, oh my God, Iowa's inside the top 15. How Mm -hmm. did they get there? Then they drop a game. Then they start playing back well again, get into the top 20, knock off a top 10 team in the Big Ten, and then backdoor their way into a decent bowl game. I think Iowa has a lot to prove here. Not drop the game they normally do. Nate Stanley is a good, efficient quarterback. Kirk Ferentz is a I guess, a good head coach. They have to prove it on the road here. 
I think this pick is so obvious that you would want to take the points with Iowa, but that makes me second-guess myself and say, man, is Michigan the play here? I don't know. Talk to me, Aaron. I, I don't think it. I mean, we've seen enough of Michigan this year to, to have that feeling of this team is just – they're just not very good. They're not good on defense or, or as good as we thought they would be defensively. And then offensively, it's it's been pretty ugly, honestly, if you turn on the film and watch these guys. Shea Patterson – is, is somewhat of a turnover machine, whether it's an interception, whether it's a fumble in the pocket, and you flip it over to Nate Stanley, and then he doesn't do that. He doesn't give the football away. No interceptions on the year. He's taking care of it, and and they're winning football games, and they have confidence. So I just don't think, I just don't think Michigan's a good team. I know. Just, that's I know. Plain and simple. I just I know it's at home. It's a noon kickoff, so I mean the crowd. Eleven a.m. local. Good. Yeah, the, the the crowd should be good, but I don't think it's going to be anything crazy or anything that's really going to you know, mess Iowa up too, too bad. I mean, they're not going to be that lathered up out there in the stands. I don't think the team loves their Michigan team right now anyway. So I like Iowa to win this game outright. I really do. I think they're a better football team. Um, They're playing great defense right now, and they're not turning the ball over on the offensive side of the football. So I got Iowa winning it. Aaron has Iowa money line, so he's taking the points as well. Should I – I don't know what to do here. I'm at such a crossroads. I'm going to do it, though. I just told you every reason why I like Iowa. I just told you every reason why I think Iowa has the most to prove in Week 6. For that reason alone, I'm taking Michigan. I'm going to lay the points here, Aaron. I don't know why. Call me an idiot. We'll revisit it on Monday. I just don't have a good enough feel on this game. Actually, I have such a great feel on Iowa that I'm going to have to go with Michigan. I hope you can understand me out there. I hope you can understand my mindset when I'm saying that. We will revisit it next week on Monday. Aaron likes Iowa outright. He's taking the points. I'm just going to lay the points with Michigan here and hope that Jim Harbaugh can somehow, and Shea Patterson can somehow, and Josh Gaddis can somehow make something happen at home Against the top 25 opponent, that is very wishful thinking. But we'll see. We will see. The other big-time Big Ten matchup this weekend. Number 25, Michigan State, heading into Columbus to take on number 4, Ohio State. This is a top 25 matchup. Ohio State is favored by 20 points, Aaron. The total is 49. Michigan State has a good defense. Justin Fields is on fire. Ryan Day and the Buckeyes are absolutely rolling right now. Some would say that they might be playing the best football in all the land. This game is in the big horseshoe, 7.30 p.m. kick on ABC. Can you believe this? They are a 20-point favorite against the number 25-ranked team in America. Is Justin Fields really that unstoppable, or can D'Antonio and that Sparty defense get something to slow him down? I think they can slow them down a little bit. Ohio State will win this, but I don't like. It's a lot of points. I know you're at home. I know that I, I'm. I'm in, and I don't know if you want to say minority in this one or not. I don't know how the rest of the country really feels about this, but I think Ohio State is, in my opinion, the number one team in the country right now, based okay. on what we've seen through five games. They're playing incredible football. They're dominating. They they look great defensively. They look great offensively. They look unstoppable on both sides. So I, I love the way this team is playing right now, but 20 points against a good defense. Uh, actually, no, give me the points. Michigan you're, state's offense. I just, they, they, it's, it's, so you're going to lay the 20. Mm-hmm, I, I know it's tough. These are good lines. These are good 20 lines. points, that's man. A that's a lot of points. 
yeah, I'll lay the points with Ohio State. It's at home, nighttime. Those fans are loving on what they're doing right now. It's going to be rowdy there. And I just I, Michigan State offensively, you would think they'd be better. And, and Lorkey's played better at times this year. But I just go back to that Arizona State game and that ten to seven loss against a good defense yeah. and what happened in that game. I just Ohio State is is a, a, a better defense than ASU. I think they shut them out. I think this game is. 35 to 13, okay. something like that. Yeah. You know, so give me the points with right. lay the points of the host. He's laying the points. You just talked me into it. I think this comes down to style points and we'll talk about style points with our next game also. But one team that knows about it firsthand is Ohio state last year. They went into Purdue. They got absolutely whooped. They won the big 10. They were on the outside looking in at the end of the year when the college football playoff top four teams were selected. Everybody pointed to that one game where it was a no-show against Purdue and they gave up 52 points against an unranked Boilermaker team in West Lafayette. Ohio State knows they have to beat every team they play single-handedly and manhandle them to make sure at the end of the year nobody can look at their schedule and say, wow, they did not deserve to be in that final top four. So I'm laying the points here also, Aaron. I think Ryan Day... Justin Fields, this Ohio State offense that has so many weapons, and then on the flip side, the defense that is playing so well is going to rip through Michigan State's really good defense and cover. So Ohio State minus 20, we're both on the same side on that game. All right, I was just talking about style points. I think a team that needs to capitalize on style points are the Georgia Bulldogs. Number three, Georgia heading in to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. Georgia is a 24-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in the SEC. Total is 52-and-a-half. This is your 7 p.m. ESPN game. And when I say style points, I mean this. Two weeks ago, when they played Notre Dame, everybody expected Georgia, everybody expected Georgia to cover, win by two-plus touchdowns, give Notre Dame the typical treatment that they have received when they play against big-time teams in big-time situations, much like what you saw at 8 p.m. inside Sanford Stadium. Georgia needs to do what they did two years ago against Tennessee and Knoxville, and that's beat the crap out of them. They won 41 to nothing last time they were in Knoxville. I believe that was the only time Tennessee's ever been shut out at home. I think Kirby Smart, James Coley, Jake Fromm, that offense, are going to look to maybe open it up a little bit. We talked about Tebow's comments on Monday, Aaron. I don't know if they're necessarily reading into what their critics are saying, but this is a spot for Georgia to have fun, right? You know they're going to win the game, regardless of Kirby's coach speak saying Tennessee's on the brink of something special. This is a physical football team. I think Kirby was talking in that manner because of the injuries Georgia's up against. If they don't show out and play as efficiently as maybe some people would expect them to, they could kind of lean onto the injury bug a little bit. But Georgia should play loose. They've got, I don't want to say they've got nothing to lose, but they know they're going to win. So I think you might see a little bit more creative play calling from Coach Coley. I think Jake Fromm, the running backs, and some of those receivers who are really coming into their own are going to be getting open against this Tennessee defense that is just not playing well. Georgia should cover. Georgia should win big. It should be a good night for the Bulldogs. And continued hurt for the Tennessee Volunteers, my goodness. Yeah, I think Georgia just rolls in this football game, especially after the, uh, once again, some more distractions like we talked about at the beginning of the show that occurred this week with the Tennessee Vols uh, and, and 
their their head coach and some and one of their players. So I like Georgia to go in there, dominate this football game. I'm, I'm interested to see how many Georgia fans show up. I know they're trying to Georgia checker the yeah, place up a little insane. bit, a little red and black. I, I love that though, man. These fans have bought into to Kirby Smart and this program. They're willing to travel anywhere in the country from the Rose Bowl to Nashville to up to Tennessee to go watch Notre their dogs Dame. go out there and dominate Notre Dame. Yeah. So um, that's that's going to be interesting to see. But Georgia rolls, the defense rolls, and I think this offense opens it up a little bit more. I just, just you know, I, I'm not with the rest of the people that want to see this team scoring 50 points a yeah. game. That's not who they are. That's not their identity. Don't force it. Play efficient football. Don't turn it over. Run the ball well. Dominate the line of scrimmage and win football games. Yep. Just win, baby, win. Come and they're going to do that. And I and give me uh, they'll lay the points as well. All right, Murray's on the same side. I want to ask you one more question about this game because I mentioned Kirby's comments in the Monday press conference when he's saying Tennessee's on the brink of something special. This is a physical football team. Obviously, him and Coach Pruitt have mutual respect for one another. Do you think there's any sense that Kirby may not want to run up the score on Coach Pruitt? I would think, hey, look at the big picture. If I'm Kirby Smart and I can keep Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, Dan Mullen at Florida, Mark Stoops at Kentucky, Derek Mason at Vanderbilt, Will Muschamp at South Carolina— Shit, I'm saying I should just keep these games somewhat close so I can cakewalk through the SEC East for a long time. Or do you think Kirby just says, let's go beat these guys by 50 if possible? No, screw that. Don't play around, <laughs> man. Just beat their ass down. Okay, like, there okay. is no point of, yeah, who gives a crap? Just beat him down and keep it rolling. All right, and right hey, now in Tennessee, thought, the thought. And, and, and it's not just a coaching issue. It's a talent issue at Tennessee. And I don't care who your head coach is going to be. Say they fire, say say Tennessee goes three and nine this year, and they fight. They decide to fire Pruitt, and we need to bring in a new staff. It's still going to take four or five years yeah. to build it up. They are they are lacking in a lot of areas on that football team. I don't think it's just the coach right now. So who cares if, if Pruitt gets fired? Who cares? The next guy that comes in, you know, unless it's unless it's Saban who decides to go over there or, or um, Belichick. Saban or Belichick, I like that. Unless it's one of those two guys, good luck to whoever takes that job after Pruitt because it's still going to be a long time before Tennessee's uh, a threat in the East right now just based on, on who they have on that football team. I love it. Georgia to cover 24-and-a-half. Aaron and I are on the same side. Friday night special. We were looking forward to this game really at the beginning of the season. UCF has dropped a game. Cincinnati got absolutely whooped by Ohio State. Number 18, Central Florida heading to Cincinnati again. Friday night, 8 p.m. on ESPN. UCF only a four-point favorite. The total 16-and-a-half. I know you've watched these teams a good bit this season, Aaron. Give me a quick pick here. Quick pick. You, know, you go first here. I'm going to hear what you think. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I want Cincinnati at home. Give me the home dog, Cincinnati. I know UCF dropped that game to Pittsburgh. They need to prove themselves because that top group of five team gets to go to the Cotton Bowl this year. They would love to continue that tradition of playing in those big New Year's Six Bowl games. But I like Cincinnati here. Coach Fickle's got to get over this Central Florida hump. Home crowd. Friday night, you saw that defense played against a future mm-hmm. UCLA offense on the opening Thursday night of the college football season, but give me the home dog, please. I, I like the Bearcats in Cincy against the Knights on Friday night. Uh, uh, yeah. 
I like Cincy a lot. You know, I like Cincy a lot. Uh, give me Cincy too. I'll take them. Um, it's going to be crazy there on a Friday night. UCF offensively is explosive. I mean, those dudes can just run. They go so fast. I've never seen a team go that fast, at least in a long, long time. Gabriel's doing a great job, the young quarterback for UCF. But I like Ritter. I like their ability to run the football for Cincinnati. Defense, it's going to be noisy. I think UCF squeaks this out, but it's a lot closer. Um, I mean, if four-point spread's not that that big anyways, but I think it's like a maybe a one to three point game. So oh, give me so Cincy with the points. Cincy with the points as well. Awesome. All right. Well, those are the best games of the weekend for sure. I can't really think of any other games. My dog's barking like crazy. Excuse him in the background. I'm looking at the top 25 matchups. Nothing really that special coming up in week six, but I'm excited because, well, I'm excited because so much better football is ahead, but that also bums me out a little bit because this season is just absolutely flying by but it's a great time of year it's october even though it's still 100 degrees in atlanta i am totally sick of the weather here we got playoff baseball we got nfl football we got college football and you have prize picks download the prize picks app use the promo code pnp to get that free two pick entry to win 25 bucks they will match your first deposit 25 percent. the braves are playing Thursday night, first game of the NLDS, and you can do a cross-sport entry and pick over or under fantasy baseball points and then head over to the NFL game, which is a good one this weekend, the Rams against the Seahawks. Aaron, Mm -hmm. it's time for our prize picks predictions. Jared Goff, 20.5 fantasy points on Thursday night, over or under for Jared Goff. I hope over. He's my fantasy quarterback. He go. just he needs it. He needs to clean up the dang turnovers. Too yes. many picks. Fumble last week hurt too. So I like him over. I think he's. I think there's an urgency for him and that football team after especially the loss last week that they need to get their crap together. He needs to play better football. He needs to stop turning it over. Yeah. So I like him with the over this week. Short week. Open it up. They have to put points on the board and be aggressive against that Seattle yep. defense. I like the over, too, with Jared Goff. I'm going to throw you your former teammate, Todd Gurley. 14-point projection this week on a Thursday night. That knee on a short week against a good run defense in Cincinnati. I mean, in Cincinnati, in Seattle. Where are you going with Gurley here, over or under 14? I'm going under. It's just yeah. that, that knee scares me a little bit. It really does. The running back, uh, if they, I thought you said it really well. A running back in a short week with who's a little banged up right now. Um, and I, I do think they want to get golf going a little bit, start getting his confidence back after kind of an up-and-down beginning of the season. So I think they're going to have, focus heavy on that pass, and uh, I'm going under for Todd. All right. You said over Jared Goff, 20 and a half. His favorite target is healthy again. That's Cooper Cup. He's projected at 19 points. I think Cup has a big game. I'm going over 19 points. And Russell Wilson, who is off to a great start. The Seahawks look good out there in the NFC West, which is a wide-open division with the Rams, Seahawks, and Niners, who look pretty good too. Russell Wilson's projected at 22 and a half points. I think this could be a higher-scoring game. I'm going to go over Russell Wilson, 22.5 points as well. So Thursday night, we got a lot of action going on. Playoff baseball with the Braves playing. Good NFL football. I am fired up for week six. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PNP to get your free two-pick entry to win 25 bucks. We just gave you winners right there, and they will match your first deposit. 25% follow them on social media at Prize Picks. Aaron, anything on the way out, my man? 
No, just um, pray for me this week, everyone, yes. that I don't get the triple, triple E virus while I'm up calling the, the UConn-USF game. So <laughs> other than that, the, uh, actually it's good. I got I, The game got moved from 7 to noon, so I will be back. I think I land at, if I make my flight at 4.30, I land at like 6.45. Uh-oh. So I actually straight get to, to the watch. Ivy. I, yes, yeah, straight to Ivy, my <laughs> ass. I actually get to go straight home and uh, I actually get to watch a Georgia game live there you from go. my couch. Maybe a nice cold one and just chill for one Saturday night will be nice. There you go. Follow him at Aaron Murray 11 on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler 13 and you have been listening to at punt and pass. Follow us on social media and we will talk to you on Monday. See you.